0: This week on Sword and Scale, Chris and Buddy (laughs) are going old school in the uh, serial murder game of the United States of America. We're tackling the iconic weird face of Charles Manson. You've seen him on t-shirts. You've seen him on your grandparents' TV. He's a uh, true iconic face of terror for much of the older generation. If you had to ask anybody over the age of 50 what a serial killer looks like. It's old CM. Charles fucking butt dancing. Yeah. Uh, when we've been doing these, I'm I'm really trying... I don't have, like, a lot of extra information. We're just basically trying to do, like, our take on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I, th- I feel like if you're listening to true crime or occult shit or whatever, in any... I got a feeling you know the entire Charles Manson saga And uh, it's not going to be spoiling anything For you when I say that essentially This was just A guy Who was really trying too hard To have sex with girls way too young for him And uh, Found the way to do it Which is through like a very Primitive cult And I don't say primitive like caveman shit I mean it's like not thought out at all when we think of a cult leader, I think of somebody like um, David Koresh. Yeah. Who like clearly thought out a grand scheme. Like made goals, wanted to build a compound with intent, uh, already a thought ahead of how to talk his parishioners into getting what he wanted, spending enough time indoctrinating them with the belief that he's God, that they would do what he wanted to do in order to get the money to get what he wanted. Something like that takes the work of a fucking genius. Mm -hmm. Jim Jones. Terrible person. Absolute genius. I mean, he... Fucking... None of that shit was like spur of the moment. None of the shit was like by the seat of the pants. But the this thing with Charles Manson, that it, it, he often gets called a cult leader, but he didn't have a particular set of beliefs. He didn't have a grand design other than fucking yeah, and taking drugs. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So he basically just kept throwing fuel on a fire until it absolutely burned out of control. And then, uh, honestly, deservingly, he was left with the gas can. So I feel like other than that, you already know what it is. It's that fucking guy with a swastika carved into his forehead that was dancing on Dateline. <laughs> Tonight. Tonight on Death Metal Dude. <laughs> I almost forgot it making fun of sword and scale <laughs> yeah, yeah you know i just been fucking laughing at that dork all week long like i'm not trying to uh razzle up a beef with another podcast it's just it all kind of collides and this is the reason why i wanted to do charles manson not because of that but um uh, just the way that we've all given in to the fucking internet man uh it is possible that we don't have It just depends on what you want Because uh I, a lot of times I feel like I don't have an option Like if I want people to listen to this If I want people to come out to live shows mm-hmm. It seems like something that I have to do But I did got into a hole this last week With all this Russian bot shit And just yeah. realized how much Of Social media has absolutely Corrupted the minds of what I would like to say is a simpler America, but not true because a lot of memes that we think are fucking hilarious. And like, this is what the internet's made for. We're just farmed up in some Russian facility where they paid people to make hilarious memes. And, uh, you know, it is at the end of the day, like something that started as a way for people to exchange information and then get in touch with each other and then just goof around. And then that's what always, what took me, with the internet and social media, just being a shithead, like being hilarious on the fucking computer. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And that is just completely dominated. Like, I heard that the average person spends upwards of six hours a day on their phone. And so I found where you could check it on your iPhone, and mine was like five and a half. Yeah, I was like, man, what the fuck is wrong with me? Uh But it's just kind of how we are. I mean, in a way, I guess, we're almost accepting to become a cyborg merging with this technology and I've got no problem with it. I've had a lot of fucking fun with the internet. It's just I really get concerned looking thinking about the future since I have kids and shit where as as we've gotten to a place where we were basically grown up being completely manipulated by sitcoms. Yeah. And now that's gotten to where the fucking sitcom is in your hand for all the time. Yeah. So in my case, it's a TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to use that thing to pull my Okay, <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's one of the more positive aspects of it is seeing the fucking sausage go inside yeah. of a bun. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, I just got in a real mental place. And then like, it's just a, as small scale as like I am. And we are just people talking shit all the time. It's just a cesspool. Um, and it, it, it just reminds me of like Charles Manson because there is certainly a nefarious force out in the world that is intentionally trying to control people's thought patterns with the internet because the the government lost control of it when, as soon as the internet came along, like nobody could really tell you how to think once you could look online. If you choose to be like a Southern Baptist, like that's on you right now, dog, just Google is God real. And if there's not a picture of that motherfucker by now Then face the facts friend <laughs> it ain't happening and So given the amount of, of information We've been able to access We've really also traded A piece of our fucking brain away That I don't think we're ever going to get back Yeah uh, I agree I don't know I mean I don't Internet definitely dominates everything But you know could be worse. Yeah, but it, again, this is not a uh, internet complaint piece. I'm, I'm time, yeah. time, time. This is where I decided to go on Charles Manson because you can see how somebody who I really don't consider as that smart of a fucking person. Yeah, and uh, a definite unsavory character who, if you interacted with him, most people would just be like, fucking yuck. <laughs> like, yeah, and he was able to. Coerce a group of people, at least indirectly, into committing murders uh, and committing a whole fucking slew of felonies that he was definitely responsible for. So let's just dive into it, figure out where this motherfucker came from, how he got the ability to corrupt the youth. For the rest of this shit, you can call me Sex Watson, and I'm Ooh. about to kill that pussy. <laughs> yeah, bet. That's funny, because that's what I got kicked off of the goddamn internet for. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Whenever you... Whenever you're getting
0: ready to fuck, you know how you call a dog, you, "Come here, boy." <laughs> you ever
1: just you can do that to a snatch? You just gonna- a
0: snatch, just a, like you're not even talking to the uh, nice young lady it belongs to, just the fiz- just the genitalia. Well, I
1: would never ever call your wife's thing a snatch, but you just I'm
0: saying no,
1: no, <laughs> no. I'm saying I'm saying
0: if, but I'm saying you're talking directly to the organ, not the person. Yeah, like man, because you know. Right, we're not th- we're not speaking ill to a woman. We're just we're just j- directly speaking to your fucking sex chamber like it's an animal. That's all. They just go, yo, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo, it's me, T. Sex. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that how you talk to dogs, dude? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> they like it. Well, when I talk to a dog, I'm like, come here, <laughs> and they just like start wagging and shit. But then you're like, bust it out. And then they just plop that old boy out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I see. I, I, I catch the smell of your flavor, dude. <laughs> you, you ever thought about, like, j- jamming a fucking bacon strip up there, dude? Into a dog's butt? That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes, for sure. Make the dog do the reverse eat. Mm. I mean, I'm sure my
1: dog would let somebody fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, all right, man. So, Charles... <laughs> <laughs> Literally born without a name, which is a very fucking hilarious way to be said. Um, he was born to 16-year-old Kathleen Manson Bauer Cavender, which, uh, delicious seasoning, by the way. Uh, so definitely no Tony Satcheries. but Tony Cavender, he's aight. That's like, that's the Greek. They're always Tony, dude. You got Cajun Tony. That's Tony Sachery. Uh-huh. Who's one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. Oh yeah. <laughs> he knows how to fucking on a fry, you going to make a fucking french fry come to life, you just saturate that boy. Man, anything Cajun makes shit good. You get you some saturated saturated fat. Man, that's when you put saturies on fucking bacon. Yo, shout bacon.
1: out to New Orleans, man, cuz they do the the duck duck fat shit where they just fry everything in duck fat, dude. Oh uh, yeah,
0: they confit it, dude. I love it. The, a French fry man? Oh yeah. Duck dude. fat brother. Hell yes. Man. Yeah, Duck's got an exquisite fat about it. Oh him. I love that. I would fuck a duck probably. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I just wanted to catch you there. Uh yeah. So, so yeah, you know, also salute to Tony Cavender who put a nice little fucking Greek seasoning on that shit. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about exactly, but I do know it tastes good. Yeah. I just imagine like A fucking little pita. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. we we'll put that shit on some lamb oh, or something. Statues. Yes, yeah, so he was born in Ohio at the University of Cincinnati Academic Health Center. His nickname was No Name Maddox, and then he was named Charles Miles Manson within a couple of weeks. His biological father, pretty sure, was Colonel Walker Henderson Scott Sr., and that's who Kathleen Maddox filed a paternity suit that resulted in an agreement from the judge that he was, in fact, the father in 1937. However, it's not like you're going on fucking Maury in 1937. There's no accurate DNA test. Yeah, but that shit would also be a hilarious chapter in Charles Manson's life. Yeah, like, uh, like what if Charles Manson was fucked because he had to go back on Maury twice, like to start with, because they that the colonel was like, absolutely no way I fathered this child. You're insane. I'm an adult and you're 16. And she was like, it doesn't matter you're the grease ball that came in here and busted one. And he's like, I did not Maury. I'm here to tell you, I did not bust in that woman. And Maury's just like results are in 99.9% chance. That is your bust. You know how it goes. They She celebrates. He fucking falls over in agony. But then since, you know, he's way older than her, he's not taking care of Charles. It's a mess. He's He's got to go back on and deal with that fucking drill sergeant guy that that comes and deals with shit kids. And that's like, what if if that either one is what sent Charles Manson down the bad road or two? What if it like shaped his ass up? Yeah. Just like uh, I've been at home with Charles all day long. He doesn't listen to anything I say. I was like, Charles, you can't eat ramen noodles dry. And he was like, shut up, you cavender ass bitch. Oh, damn. And then the fucking drill sergeant comes out and he's like, I'll tell you what, right now, you ain't going to eat no dry ramen. Or you're going to respect your mom, Mrs. Cavender.
1: Tight. Steve Wilco
0: just stops any type of fucking battle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it is. The, it's Steve Wilco's has gone back to 1937. I mean, yeah. sure, if we got a fucking TV show, why not? It's our riff. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do? That shit is hilarious dude He always has I've only watched it a few times But it's always like A crescendo To where he fucking Gets to throw the chair Yeah Cause he's just like What did you do? Did you think that was The right thing? Well I don't think so And it's my show You don't deserve to sit You ain't." Man I watched one
1: one time Where like this kid Was talking back to his mom And but he hit the the kid was with his dad and so the dad and him were on the show but then they were like you can't be talking to your mom like that and then they found out she worked at waffle house and so they just surprised you up at waffle house and give her a bunch of money oh my god it's like yeah see here's the thing man waffle house shout out to waffle house i love that spot man it's really incredible cuisine it is fucking awesome but then those people are just one step away from being on the streets
0: man yeah yeah, you do, you definitely don't want to shove a camera in a Waffle House employee's face.
1: Yeah, man, they got paper hats. They can't even make real hats out of real shit. It's paper hats. But dude,
0: that is one of the finest fucking cooks in the entire. It really universe. is, man. Because if you've ever been in a busy Waffle House, and my eggs are there's an art to cooking eggs, man. And uh, you have to really, you can't like. There's no. There's no looseness to it. No. You have to be precision. You have to, if someone wants an egg over easy, with three seconds too long and you fucked it. You yeah. know
1: what I mean? So I mean, dude, they're they're fucking uh, omelets. They're always cooked to perfection, man. That's yeah. what I always fuck with is an omelet, man. I yeah. love it. But yo,
0: but they yeah, get, if we get done but, early enough, let's hit that waffle, dude. Let's doze it. Yo, uh, <laughs> back back to this shit. Away from the house. Uh, yeah. So you know. This motherfucker's is not really trying to take care of this dude. Um, he's not actually a fucking military colonel, which is double hilarious because he's a KFC colonel. Well, yeah. Well, they like told they told Charles that his dad was a colonel, and he was like, "You say words, son." Like he was like a big important military guy, and it's like, nah. They just called him Colonel. (laughs) He just worked at Orver Redenbacher's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, he worked in local mills and uh, he was pretty well known as a con artist, which is uh, an interesting thing to just think back about in the future. Uh, His mom's younger than his dad. His dad is known in the community as a as a con artist. And when she was pregnant, she told Scott, he told her that he had been called away on Army business, which, again, this is not a colonel in the Army. Several months went by. Maddox was like, yeah, this dude is just not coming back. Um, before Charles was born, his mother married William Eugene Manson in, on August 34th, 1934. I just read, I just said something as stupid as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And you're so gone in Adderall land, you don't even know what I don't happens.
1: even have, I haven't taken any Adderall, so I'm gone. Well, I said August 34th.
0: Yeah, fuck
1: yeah. <laughs> It still took you, man. See, you didn't even take no Adderall, you <laughs> yeah, go, man. Yeah, fuck, yeah, boy. We yeah, yeah. see everybody's like, yeah, man. man. <laughs> fuck you, man. This is what happens when we don't take our meds? <laughs> yeah, I get with The brain starts to
0: while out. Yeah, man. It becomes like a contestant on Nick Cannon's famous TV show, I'm just like, yeah, bitch. But what about those shoes? Oh
1: <laughs> man, all I was thinking about was uh, the encounter I had earlier this week. With yeah, let me kids. get, let me <laughs> chunk through a little bit
0: of this before we get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so this motherfucking uh, Eugene's occupation was labor, which uh think about today. I don't know, what, you know. I don't know what dergs of society have been around. I know me and Buddy know what like a day laborer I think is. the word is dirge. Durges? Yeah, Yeah, is Not the dregs of society, dude. But you didn't say that. <laughs> what did I say? You <laughs> said Durgs. Yeah, this episode's gonna be dumb as shit, dude. If we thought we were getting fat, bad feedback from some yeah, people. Yeah, this yeah. one's gonna be the one. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so anyway, if you've been to the fucking slums of life, if you live in poverty, uh, this fucking dude would basically be a day laborer. Like, you would go and sign up. You would do anything. It's not like you had it. Like, it just means that you can physically work. You don't have a specialty. Yeah. You'll show up and you'll do whatever you're needed to do as long as it's nothing that you have to think too much about. Also, of course, he was a fucking drunk, big-time party boy. Um, he would he would hang out with Kathleen's brother, Luther, a lot, and they would just go on fucking week-long drinking sprees which I don't know what type of access you had to, like, cocaine and shit in the 1930s, but it seems wild to me to just, like, start drinking on, like, a Thursday uh-huh. and then just keep it full-time going until another Thursday.
1: I mean, alcoholics, man, they just stay rev, dude. Yeah, Without but I mean, else. dude, you like,
0: we drink, you drink a lot more than me, but we drink, and I've never, like, committed a full two days, even, to just being drunk the whole time.
1: Mm, I've done, like, a week.
0: Of just swallow the wall Being drunk Yeah
1: but I mean like, I was younger though yeah, yeah sure
0: Well this I mean Yeah right I mean there ain't shit To do in the fucking 30s But uh, they got divorced Pretty fucking short Almost three years Of wedded bliss Through fucking drunk ass How pissed would you be too If you married a dude And he just goes to hang out With your brother For weeks at a time Getting fucking slammed Slammed by his brother? <laughs> yeah I mean not like fucking But drunk. Oh just whiskey shit That would be extra hilarious Yeah Like, oh, you stole me away. I thought they were just drinking for a week, but it turns out they were having hot sex.
1: Oh, crap. What I mean by drinking is different than what you was thinking.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, And (laughs) she got out of the marriage because she accused him of gross neglect of duty. As a husband and fucking stepfather. You'll start wiping. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it fucking sounds like. It's so funny. You're just like the worst employee of at the oh. at the nursing home, so they yeah. fired you. Yeah. <laughs> like, why why did I get fired for? Gross neglect of duty. We tried to clean up after you were there. You just didn't do it at all. Super gross. Mm. August first, nineteen thirty-nine, uh, Kathleen was hanging out with her brother Luther's girlfriend, Julia Vickers. Getting drunk with my man, Frank Martin, who was a uh, new guy in town, and he had some fucking cake, it seemed like. So, you know, you're basically faced with a couple of options. Like, one, are you going to suck the money out of his dick? Or two, are you going to strong arm him? And being a fucking industrious woman. Man. Man. It's time to put the fucking strong arm down. I like a woman that robs somebody in yeah. like the nineteen thirties. That's man. fucking tight, dude. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's like a the easy way, which is just fucking this rich weird. Yeah. Or you just fucking try to bash him and take a shit. Yeah. Uh, but, you
1: know that's one of those like you know how like you want a woman to try to tame you, man, where she's she's wild enough to tame you, but you're like thanks. Yeah, you yeah, get tamed
0: through strong-arm robbery. Where it's like something sexy about some, some a woman being hard. You know that feels like? like a trap I would have definitely fallen in before marriage is if, like, a woman tried to rob me, I'd be like... I'm in love. I'd be like, I know well. you're taking my wallet right now, and you want to make a quick getaway so no one knows... That yeah. you're the person that robbed me But perhaps we could possibly But then you find out <laughs> Then you
1: find out the really the type of woman that does that's my mom So Yeah <laughs> that is true Hey my um,
0: mom used to strong arm rob the fuck out of motherfuckers I absolutely man. believe that man. I have no questions for you Because I feel like I could I could see your mom just picking up a fucking 2 by 4 No
1: you know what she used to do
0: man So she would tell me as a kid She would be like take these up there
1: And it would be like cookies Or it would be like well, cigarettes even you go knock on the door and respect. Like, you want to buy these? And she would just fucking go, when they say no, come back. Then I want you to go knock again. But when she would want me to go knock again, it would really be her knocking. Yeah. And then she'd just fucking hit somebody in the face and take their shit. Dude. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, I dude. wish I was making that up. That dude. is, no,
0: that rules, man. Your mom used you as an accessory to strong. She used to take robbery. me to hotels
1: when I was a teenager and I'd get on the elevator with people. And then, like, you know, usually if you give your first and last name to somebody, they'll, they'll say their first and last name. So I would tell them I'm going to the same floor. I watch what room they go in. I go back and tell them, hey – you know, my parents locked me out of my room. I'd wait for them to leave or whatever. And then I'd sneak my mom in the back door, and then I'd go downstairs and get a card and tell them what room and shit, and then tell them the last name, and they'd give me a key, and she'd go in there and steal the TVs out of the hotel room and all kinds of Hell shit.
0: Hell yeah. Well, that's a victimless crime, because they're, yeah, man. like... <laughs> oh, she was taking their jewelry and shit, too. Oh, yeah, you know, that yeah. is a... It yeah. Actually, that becomes a direct victim at that point. She scu- She yeah, is scu- <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. She's still living the lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Kathleen and Luther decide to rob this dude, but they just cannot get it fucking done, which is like, you know, you're a, a man and a, you're a brother and sister. How do you not rob a motherfucker at this point? Yeah. Uh, so they, or fuck your sister. Yeah, I mean, you might as well if you're in this conundrum. If you're going to jail, they go. They ended up going to jail for five fucking years over it, which seems like for yeah that seems like a long time to me to yeah. go to jail for uh, she went for, for trying to rob a motherfucker Shit, in yeah. and uh, in, in Cincinnati, Ohio uh when that happened they took Charles and he was placed in uh, the custody of his aunt and uncle McKeekin. and that was all the way in West Virginia. Kathleen ended up getting out on parole in 1942. And this is what Charles will look back and say was the happiest time of his life. I mean, you know, he was obviously old enough to have formed a bond with his mom. Yeah. And just because she was wild and reckless, that's not something a child can understand. And so the whole family moves to Charleston, West Virginia, which is where Manson continually got fucking truancy from school, which just means you don't show up. I don't I've never understood that word. We used to have like a truancy officer. Yeah. It's like why don't you just call it that you didn't go to school officer?
1: Yeah, I they do that. Well, yeah, we had one. I had one that would call. He would call if you missed me days of school. Now they do what's called a Finn's case, um family in need of services. So like the police oh, yeah. will just come pick your ass up and take you to a place like I work at and you just have to stay there and we make sure you go to school. Damn. But yeah, they do that yeah. to the kid or to the adult? To the kid. Oh, shit. Because sometimes it's just the kid. The kid's yeah. just like, I'm going to school. And they're like, I'm going in the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck school. Man, that shit rips, dude. Yeah. I used to do that kind of
0: shit. But now it's, you, hey, you kids, do can't that. get away with it, yeah, man. You sucks. can't get away dude, with it. The way to take the fun out of life. Yeah. Uh, they moved to Indy. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so Kathleen, of course, I mean didn't exactly turn. West Virginia is not a place you go to turn it around. No. You're not going to Charleston, West Virginia to get your shit together. You're going to Charleston, West Virginia to find out about pills. Yeah, Uh, She ends up getting arrested for gland larceny, but left before they convicted her. And I got a feeling that also the legal system in West Virginia has been run by the same family since the dawn of West Virginia. And they are the same family because they continuously have sex with one another. So... With that in mind their
1: great 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 grandpa touched the hand of George Washington. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was crossing the Delaware and he touched my sister's hand as which and gave me no choice but to fuck her. Yep. Yeah. They call
1: me Fapples because that old apple fell from the tree and he did not lie about it. But I ain't lying about fucking my sister. Fapples. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you're, you're really out here tonight, dude. <laughs> I guess. Let the weird go. Uh, yeah, so they moved to Indianapolis, which again, this is not a great choice for getting your shit together. But Kathleen went to AA meetings, which, uh, hey, man, if that works for you, then God bless. But mm-hmm. that's what you got to do is surrender to a higher power. what We all know, especially in 1930s, America is definitely the white bearded, sexy son having God of the old day. Yeah. Of course, I, I think this is a classic AA situation too. Is she meets another alcoholic? His name is Louis. Uh, they got married in August of nineteen forty three. Charles is uh, still fucking up in school and starts stealing at the age of nine. And now yeah. this is a thing, man, where uh, kids are starting to really reach a turning point. Is where they get into independent thought. Yeah. Uh, as far as you know, what's right from wrong. Um, But do you ch- like <clears throat> It's an easy way to say it You you know the difference between right and wrong when you're nine However yeah. When you're growing up watching your mom steal shit yeah. Watching your mom do petty fucking crimes Continuously get fucked up and get busted Uh, So you could say like I know stealing is wrong but that's only going to be in your head, right? Because you you know that, but you've seen it happen with the adult you're around the most c- constantly. Yeah. So wh- where is there like where would you blame? I mean, you work with like troubled kids. So yeah. if the fucking kids, if if Charles' mom, for example, continuously is getting in trouble for stealing shit, and is always fucked up, and uh, all you've learned from her is is just shrugging everything off. Yeah. You're skipping school when you're nine. And you're stealing. When you go into the store and steal, like, how you can't really hold the nine year old responsible because it's not like he just saw Bart Simpson do it and yeah. pulled it out of his ass. Well,
1: not at nine. Uh, in Arkansas, I know that 10 is the age you can go to jail. So, I mean, once you're 10 years and you're, old.
0: I mean, juvenile hall, basically. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, juvie. So, um,. A lot of times it is influenced. So, you know, the terrible two stage, I think we've talked about this. This is whenever the kid decides that it's its own person's not following in mom's footsteps. Yeah. You have a real problem whenever two hits and it's still doing the same thing mom's doing. Right. Uh, there's a lot of different things that can happen. You know, uh, psychopathy, um, borderline personality disorder, things like that. Uh, anti-social personality disorders. All, all those kind of things kind of come in uh, to play, um, which is... The case here. So, at nine, uh, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be stealing shit. Right. But if your mom sets that as the standard of living, it's like, well, you separate yourself from society. So, she's like, well, I'm right. Everybody owes me everything, and they owe you everything. Yeah. And this is the way I do things, and this is the way it should be. So, then the dude grows up thinking that way, and that's why he's able to recruit people and to... Well, the I cult, couldn't you know. I couldn't
0: steal shit when I was a kid cuz I would have like such an overwhelming sense of guilt yeah. and then such a fear yeah. of being caught. Like both of the, that was too much weighing on my mind that yeah. I would even risk it at oh, all. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like like those feelings are so strong when you're a kid, like especially in my case of like being a church kid where you yeah. just think like, "Oh man, God saw me do it for sure, so yeah. I'm going to get I'm going to get caught up in this thing one way or another." So it's hard for me to think about a nine-year-old that is not attached to those feelings because those definitely went away for me. And, like, as my life got progressively shittier, once I realized, like, I wasn't able to get anything. So once I realized I could just shoplift that shit. Well, yeah, there's a difference between uh, uh, just doing it to do it and necessity. So, Well, I mean, and I can't say that I was, like, stealing to fucking get by, but it's just, like, you know... Everyone around me would like get new clothes and shit And I didn't have money for it So I would just go fucking And then uh, come up on something And it it didn't take that long To lose the idea Of of a guilty Like I know this is wrong Yeah it was just more of a fear of getting caught, which, did, you know, that could give you a little bump in adrenaline for sure, too. Sure, yeah. So it just be, kind of becomes a process of of just sketchy shit you do. Yeah. But it, you can see, like, like I, one thing that I would always think about is if I would steal some shit and like keep doing it, be like, man, it, it's it's like hilarious to me. Yeah. Uh, it give bumps my adrenaline up. Uh, it's becoming easy mm-hmm. so then it's i w- would consciously think like what's next like what, like i could yeah. i feel like i could do more but i know i shouldn't so yeah. i don't want to like cross over into that gray area so that's about as wild as it got well
1: you questioning that you know so it keeps you from being a kleptomaniac so, exactly you know
0: but for a 9 year old yeah uh, obviously i mean obviously a 9 year old dealing you could say okay there's some type of disconnect but um just trying to really pinpoint yeah. what we're getting at with Charles Manson here. Because the thing about him is even though he didn't actually kill anybody, a very interesting case study, because he essentially forced himself to be in prison way longer than he had to. Yeah, um, He just had kind of a miserable existence. And then. Well, a lot of that too could be the
1: fact that he's in
0: institutionalized
1: at such a young age. Right. Um, the kids I deal with, you know, we have the illusion of authority. They can do whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah. You know, period. We have these things called points, where we take their points away if they're not... Assert- but, if they don't give a fuck. But once they figure out, it's like, oh, yeah. that means I can't go do something. I don't, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I I can walk out these doors anytime I want to. Right. You know, so you have the illusion of it. Yeah. And so somebody like me, who's not really by the book... I cuss at him I say things I'm not supposed to Allegedly yeah, allegedly Listen son Let me tell you this Yeah man Fuck You know
0: <laughs> Man this guy's cool
1: Yeah well you know You're not supposed to have that five bucks Because you could go buy drugs And then if you come back And you overdose Off five bucks worth of drugs Which you you know You can't but I get you, it You know what I'm saying It's like well, You know You're just You're putting me in a shitty predicament And they're like Oh man he said shit And that's the only thing They got out of it They, right. they go Oh man I'm going to give this money up Yeah no,
0: dude, you definitely are like the. You are the right type of person to do it. It's yeah. hilarious that you don't make a ton of money doing it because yeah. uh, you're fucking like. I mean, usually people that are as ogre-ish as you, yeah, and and are like, because if any kid that saw you would be like, this guy's fucking cool, yeah. But like most of the time, you're you would write that that type of person, yeah, stereotypically would write. Well, key. I used to not
1: be the voice of reason. Now I am. Yeah, and that's it's true. It's different, but but what I'm saying is, is you know, how do you you take a kid that's been institutionalized and they spend, you know, two weeks, three months to you try to change them in, in that amount of time. Yeah. Their whole life that has been fucked up. So, yeah. What, you were, know, you, it's what crazy. were you
0: telling me about that fucking, uh, I can't remember if you talked on it, uh, on the podcast before you had like a, uh, autistic. Yeah. I got a kid at work. Well, he's 19. I got a
1: kid I work with. Um, he doesn't understand reality at all. Um,
0: frame first, also that the dude is like it's sad, but he's a shit person.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm not going to go too much into detail, but you don't have to. But uh, I mean, he thinks that he's like law enforcement to a degree, which yeah. is hilarious because he I mean he's not. But so he every once in a while stop in the office, and but the other day he did, and he fucking wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah. Wranglers, cowboy boots, a belt, but on the belt was a fucking uh, butterfly knife. <laughs> he had a butterfly knife belt, dude? Butterfly knife, like holster for it. Oh, my God. Then he had a holster for a tactical flashlight that was also a taser. Yeah. And then a fucking holster for a BB gun, for like a handgun BB gun. And then he told me how to concealed the carry. And I'm like, well, for one... It's not concealed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, And I'm like, do you know what that means? He's like, no. He's like, I'm on my way to the police department to talk to him. I'm like, yeah, you should do that for sure. Uh, that kid's getting shot by the cops. Like, yeah, as soon as he walks in and he's like, what do you mean? Like, he, he understands sarcasm to a degree, so yeah. he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, you, you understand what they're going to do to you see you walking around like that? And yeah, like, no. like, dude, you look, you can't
0: fucking dress up. It's
1: like you're here. not going and you, you're gonna walk into a police department looking like a Louisiana lawman. He was like, I was thinking about going to Louisiana. And I go, Yeah, you're already there, <laughs> man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah shit should've... like that. But he, 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 he,
0: like, reality and fiction is the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, he can ease like, something, prob- like, he probably talked to a cop. Yeah. And it, he was like, I know where they're doing drugs at. And the cop was like. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for that information. Anytime you got more, hit me up. Well, and, I
1: told him, I was like, the only thing missing is that you go outside and smoke one. And he goes out there and pulls out a pack of Virginia Slims and fucking. <laughs> dude, and it was so funny. My boss, like, he came back in to talk to her. he goes, where's Trevette? <laughs> yeah, fucking <that's laughs> so talking about in. Walker, Texas Ranger, that's man. That's a yeah, deep Walker, Texas Ranger reference. <laughs> yeah, that was the funniest <laughs> shit. Yo. But I mean that's a that's the type of motherfucker we're dealing with. He may not be autistic, but there's there's some mental health shit going on and it's yeah. genetic, but it's also a top behavior too. So
0: Yeah, man, I just uh I try to be empathetic. Not necessarily to like Charles Manson, but it's just uh you know, back back around with the whole internet thing. It's hard to grasp how many people are like intellectually underdeveloped and, and like how many people fall for shit. That is so easy to tell. It's not real. Well, you know a I mean, yeah,
1: that and social cues, you know, it's, it's yeah. kind of, it goes, it all goes together. Social cues is a big thing. So
0: yeah, the world's a fucking sad place, man. But uh yeah, so much like where you work, I mean, that, that's, that's the cycle that starts to happen. I mean, you're stealing when you're nine, like it, you're probably not that great at it. He starts getting caught. He's getting in trouble for not being in school. So 1947, Maddox tried to find him a foster situation, which is, uh, that's, that's where somebody like temporarily adopts a kid until they can find a permanent home. Right.
1: Uh, sometimes, and sometimes it's, it's housing. So it's just like a, like a foster care it can be, uh, an orphanage. It could be a, a person that houses children. And gets paid by the state. Um, it, just, it just really depends on what. is a state-by-state state type of thing. So Yeah, okay.
0: Well, temporary foster home. So basically trying to give up custody to find him a more permanent situation that she's not able to provide. Can't find anything fast enough for her. So she decides to send him to the Gabal School for Boys, which is in Terre Haute, Indiana. It's a school for quote-unquote male delinquents, which is a definite a front for Catholic priests to have sex with young boys because mm. that is the only adult at the facility Catholic priests. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a fucking thing. And I haven't watched Saturday night live in years. Cause it's a show for like 14 year olds. Uh, hilarious. But when you're like 14 and yeah. they, they're still playing to that crowd, who's up watching TV at 10 30 on Saturday night, 14 year olds. Yeah. Uh, but I saw that the Catholic church got super mad about that Pete Davidson dude, like saying, he, he was just like, he was like, you know, all this shit came out about R. Kelly and Michael Jackson this week, which is a bummer for music fans, but it's pretty much the same thing as being Catholic. Yeah. And that, like, got a fucking, oh, from the audience. And he was like, no, no, it's like the same difference. It's just one of them makes, like, marginally better music. And so like did it fucking this uh archbishop lost his shit like made this try to like use the catholic resources like we got to boycott NBC if they don't apologize to us immediately like uh man how about you just stop having sex with children yeah, and the article was like we have been fighting against that for years like man that's funny but it just continuously keeps happening. Yeah. AKA just trying to keep
1: it a secret. Yeah,
0: maybe just shut your shit down. Yeah. How are you still a functioning organization but so fucking hilarious. Hilarious for someone to get mad at Saturday night live and then uh uh very unfortunate the way that the fucking Catholic Church is like seriously just a historical fucking front for child molestation. <laughs> you fucking really out tonight dude Can I try to suck it up and get it together and Put your face by the microphone before I fart on your ball sack Do it That's what I really want You want to get me going you, you fucking fart on my balls Let I want start your lawnmower oh, up by yeah. putting some gas into your balls I'm going to soap them up Let's get it loud Uh Farting on soaped nuts would be a fucking very palatable sound. Blowing bubbles. That's why that's, That's how they made Nickelodeon Gack. Oh man. Like how could we what is what is the texture of a What's the texture of a man farting on another man's soaped up nuts? <laughs> it's gag,
1: man. I used to fucking tuck my fucking soaped up balls in my butt, and hop up and down on tile floor.
0: Yeah, so um, not a huge chunk of information, but you know, Charles said that he had been molested. Um, he he got away from the school by running away, and he ended up finding his way back to his mom like a very sad uh, golden retriever. Yeah. that you tried to drop off at the pound and came back and she was like, well, you know, I didn't take you there on accident. Yeah. <laughs> back on in there. And uh, spent nineteen Christmas 1947 in McKeechen at his aunt and uncle's house uh, where they caught him trying to steal their gun. Tight. Which is a slick move, especially if you want to go shoot some fucking priest in the face. Yeah. That would have been tight. That would have been, 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 been a way cooler Charles yeah. Manson story. Like, Charles Manson... Infamous 10 year old who shot molesting child or m- molesting <laughs> Catholic priests in the face. I can't fucking read either, man. And so the whole. Yeah. We're a little off tonight, man. Yeah, dude. Um, I I, I didn't take Adderall today. Yeah. And uh, not drinking anything. I also like I didn't kick back on the caffeine, but I um, was in a financial move. Instead of buying energy drinks, I got pre-workout. Yeah. So you get like 40 servings for as much as buying like 10 energy drinks is. That's yeah. just logical math. Mm-hmm. And uh, pounded some of that this morning and just went a little bit too hard and got what I would call a very bad guts. <laughs> yeah. like You know, you get like the pump before you go to the gym. Uh-huh. But if you're not going to the gym, the pump just all is your ass. Yeah. You get the smells. Squeezing and all the shit out. Yeah. So I, I was like, no more caffeine today. Woo! And you're ADDing out hard Bad man <laughs> Yeah so my man Charles Tried to get his first piece Shut down Denied uh, and He got sent back to Catholic school Spent 10 months there Which has got to be for a fuck man, I mean you know 10 years old at this point you that's got to feel like 95 years yeah that's the worst time of your fucking life uh it's a lot smarter this time instead of going back to his mom he fucking home alone did which is another hilarious fucking plot twist in Charles Manson's story is he uh fucking rented a room and supported himself it just pretended that uh, he was paying the rent for his mom. And, of course, he paid that by literally burglarizing. So, it, like, yeah. an 11-year-old kid is breaking into homes and stealing shit. That's insane circumstances. Yep. And, all, like, all, almost commendable. I mean, you got some, like, Oliver Twist, Robin Hood qualities going on here. Where uh, the I mean, he really, he's, like, exercised all the logical options that he has. He went back to his mom. She just sent him back to the worst place that he could possibly be in. Yep. Broke out again, didn't try that route, and then is just breaking into houses to get the money to pay for this shitty fucking room to sleep in.
1: Yeah, this is the beginning stages of psychopathy here. At this point, he's got optional defiant disorder, I would say. I mean, I'm not a professional, but that's usually right. how the traje- trajector- <laughs> trajectory goes as far as mental health and uh, psychopathy goes. He goes to that, to psychopathy, to psychopathy. I mean, it's all an umbrella of antisocial personality, so we're stealing. Killing animals, planning on hurting people, just stealing
0: in general, shit like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. so, you know, he fucking obviously got caught. Uh, luckily, linked up with, like, a, a better authority figure, a judge that sent him to this place called Boys Town, which is, was a juvenile facility in Omaha, Nebraska. But it was actually known for at least somewhat... Uh, rehabilitating kids instead of just sticking them into horny priest hands or a situation where they were getting physically abused like juvenile hall. Just uh, probably the best place that he could have ended up at for the time. He'd only been there for four days before he started his lifelong love affair for people with real silly fucking names. Yeah. He hooks up here with Blackie Nelson. Damn. Who's the other Blackie, you know? Blackie Lawless. Hell now, yeah. Snacky Lawless, because he likes a chip. Yeah, he's a fat fuck. But yo, yeah. salute to Blackie Lawless. That first wasp bangs. Man. He like totally blew his voice out on that shit, because yeah. you can just tell on the next one he doesn't have the same pizzazz. Yeah. Well, oh, man, I love that Wild Child song. Yeah, so I think at this point they're like 12, maybe, maybe late 11. Steal a car, get a fucking gun. Probably in the car was was yeah. always my guess on this shit. Um, <laughs> fucking rob a grocery store, and if that ain't enough, they rob a fucking casino. Imagine, you know how casinos are laid out. You got the tables everywhere. The fucking mm-hmm. lights are going off. You have all those like extra security people that are next to tables. I think they're called like a pit boss or some shit. Yeah, and a motherfucking eleven-year-old child walks in. Puts the heater in your face and says, "Give it to me, bitch." <laughs> and takes the money away surprise, from me, dude. <laughs> you fucking get robbed by an 11 year old man. Normally, be it's, a- it's like a you walk
1: in and go, "Give me that Burger King hat."
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Not in this case. Yeah, 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 yeah. While doing while I mean, when I was eleven, dude, you know, I was not even thinking about a pube.
1: Yeah, man, I was like too busy just being afraid that I was snap, I was fucking sneaking in a rodeo burger to watch fucking Jumanji. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah. I was <laughs> like, I was like watching fucking goosebumps. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that was my wild shit. Uh, <laughs> I was not, like, like the
1: coolest, like illegal thing my grandma ever made me and my friend Seth do was just straight up smuggle some rodeo burger, some burger into Jumanji
0: dude. yeah that rules that's also where way, a way tighter she was snack like popcorn she anyway. was like
1: uh just you know put him in the front waistband and walk Damn. In there. and I was Nana like, I was like nana hell yes. what man. if we are we going to jail if we she was like
0: <laughs> she was like you'll be fine and and we went in there. We smashed
1: those birds.
0: Yo and it ripped too, huh? Man, it was like, cool, dude, man. how dope is pulling out a full fucking cheeseburger as a child? Yeah, man, barbecue sauce and onion rings and cheese. Like that's cool. That's what you want. Do you remember when like a Whopper was like a big sandwich, dude? Yeah, yo, yeah, I miss those times. Yeah, man. There's no, I could probably, eat, I could probably eat like six Whoppers right now. I bet. A hundred percent, yeah, yeah. But, dude. They got a triple Whopper with bacon out there. <laughs> I hate Burger King though. I'm not even. I would not. It's not a road I would travel down. I'm just using it for reference. Yeah. Like, I remember when I graduated from Happy Meals to Big Macs, and I was a yeah. fad little yeah, shit, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 Well, I think
1: the the thing is, is, like, once Hook, the movie came out, and that you weren't getting the Peter Pan toys anymore. Yeah. No it was like, yeah, man. Yeah, do that. After <laughs> that, they were like, we're going to give you guys the VHS tape of Field of Dreams. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> yeah, don't let
0: me see fucking Kevin Costner ruin baseball. Yeah, here's some chicken nuggets with hot mustard bullshit. <laughs> 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 Yeah, dude, robbing a fucking casino, that shit is super tight. So they go back uh, to fucking Peoria, which is where uh, Blackie Nielsen is from. Uh, His uncle, of course, is a professional thief who is extra excited about his fucking new accessories and crime. Because the thing, dude, like an 11-year-old is the perfect ally for perpetrating robberies. For one, you don't expect them to produce a pistol and stick it in your fucking face. And for two, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's just a kid, bitch. Are you breaking into my house? I'm sorry my child is shitting his pants right now. Let me tell <laughs> you, man. What, he kids needs to wash his ass immediately.
1: Kids are more capable than people think. I mean, they're cute, and, and you think, oh, man, whatever. But, dude, I've worked with one that derailed a fucking train before when he was 12. Yeah. Derailed a train, dude. That's wild as fuck. Oh, hell yeah, it's
0: wild, dude. Man, robbing a casino is even more wild. Yeah, yo, don't trust the fucking kid, man. This is good information <laughs> no, yeah, dude, for you. dude, for like, real, number man. Number one, pull out. Number two, don't trust the fucking child you're running to. <laughs> uh, so Charles ends up getting arrested. Again, uh, basically hung around blacking his uncle for two weeks. Uh, he was arrested during a ransacking of a Peoria store. And that is one of the coolest ways to describe just fucking, fucking shit up, dude. Uh, hello, ma'am. Um, I see you're here at the bar alone. Yeah, my name's Chris, and I'm very happy to meet you. Would you like another drink, perhaps? You uh, refill on your vodka soda there? No? no? Uh, well, listen, l- let me cut to the chase. I just want to see if you would like to come back to my apartment and, and allow me to ransack that pussy. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that ransack. it. a Paper plastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when I'm ransacking you Would you Yeah that is fucking hilarious That's what, what I mean? would
1: but say If I was fucking In a Kroger shirt Paper <laughs>
0: plastic <laughs> They say paper So you have to wear A paper bag condom Yeah <laughs> I just wrap it in toilet paper mm, It's like I have busted in here And I'm not sure About the fucking durability I'm Not sure about the leak proof well, I will hope This was a spermicidal Grocery bag <laughs> A rabbit To a paper bag Called my dick Boris
1: Come cloth. All right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. I'm all for branching out, but cool. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm ripping them out tonight.
0: Yeah, so he gets sent to an Indiana boys' school. Very strict environment. Not near as cool as Boys Town. Uh, he, this is the... I am I mean, I again, I feel like everyone's heard of shit before, but this is where he went to school where instead of being molested by adults, he says that he, for whatever reason, was like the the like bottom of the school he was like the scourge like everyone hated him. I don't know if it was because it was he was new or because he was like and what, what's what's crazy about him is that despite all the crimes is he was kind of a soft kid like he wasn't uh wasn't getting in fights he wa- he was deceptive he wasn't like a like a rugged Because you would i would think if anything. 11 year old With like a hard life They're just getting In fucking fights All the time Getting beat up Beating people up Throwing rocks and shit Getting grizzled But not Charles He's not He's not like He doesn't have that Like tough gene Inside of him Which real That extra sucks When you're living In this type of world
1: Well that's part of Being deceptive I mean like You, you gotta have A likable quality About you To be able to Lure people in Right Oh
0: you know? yeah, sure Especially as a kid That makes Well, everyone fucking hates him here Uh, He says that he was repeatedly raped By a a lot of the students And furthermore, the students were encouraged By the staff of the school to rape Charles And they would watch And sick people on him Um, Basically because he was so stressed out This is where Charles developed this thing Which is like a a crazy thing To know you're doing when you're 11 But again, it's extreme circumstances He has to do something it's not fighting him off. That's not working. He, he makes this thing, what he'll call in the future, the insane game. Where he would scream and, f- like, basically fake seizures and flail flail around when people would circle around him and try to hold him down and rape him or, or beat him up. So he would just fucking absolutely lose his shit and thrash. And so no one could really get a hold of him and make it seem like he had. And honestly, even though he says that, you could definitely... um That could definitely just, like, you could... Just, for sure, a seizure if you're in that duress. Okay. Like, it wouldn't be like that's not wholly away from a panic attack. You know what yeah. I mean? So, uh, you know, probably a little bit of the mental hand led to that, but you know, that's his defense tactic is to come up later as people start to think that he's crazy and everything doing the insane game in a way to escape violence. Yeah, uh, he, he tried to escape a bunch of times, but like the fourth time he ended up getting out, February 1951. Uh, he took two friends with him again because, you know, he's already getting a pension for talking people into shit yeah. and uh, crewing up with people. Uh, they <clears throat> tried to go to California and stolen cars, but of course they got uh, picked up because it's not like you, as a fucking – 12, 13 year old, you can just drive a car across country. You're going to have to get gas. Yeah. Gonna have to get food. And there's only one way Charles knows how to get that, which is robbery. Yeah. And so, of course, they slewed together a whole string of gas stations together, which, you know, granted, there's no cameras and things like that, but it seems like if you're going to rob gas stations, and also get gas and like clearly be traveling. (laughs) Don't keep robbing gas stations. Or cut the
1: phone line, you
0: know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to add up. There's going to be, okay, clearly a car is going this way and fucking robbing gas stations. (laughs) It's not like, um, yeah. And so going with the state car over going with the stolen car, just over state lines is how he got his first felony. And so he got sent to Washington DC's national training school for boys there he was given aptitude tests, um, which is, I guess, like getting to the point where they probably would start trying to prepare boys to be in the military or seeing what they needed to do with him. Uh, his IQ was 109, and he had already he had previously been uh, deemed illiterate by other schools. He couldn't read, couldn't write. But getting through the test, uh, the national average at the time was 100. But then the psychologist working with him said that he was aggressively antisocial. Yeah. Which uh, I can't imagine that he would ever have a good relationship with humanity after all this. No. Anyway.
1: Which is ideal for somebody to be able, like if you were talking about like uh, um, false flag attacks. Yeah. You know, this is you know this is the pre era of MK Ultra. Right, so you know, like Colts and all that stuff really didn't develop until the nineteen seventies, and a lot of people think you know his stay at uh that school uh, that he was being trained for that for secret government operations, which is probably
0: not true um yeah, probably but, not it's I mean, he didn't even he really didn't stay there that long either uh he in nineteen fifty one he got transferred to national natural bridge honor camp, which is a minimum security yeah. Institution, as opposed to a school, they, you know, essentially a psychiatrist was like, "Hey, there's no fucking hope for this kid." Yeah, so just jail him. (laughs) Yeah, such a young, which is sad. I mean, that you know, we've talked several times about how uh, it's just like there's so many factors to consider, and it's like you just hope that it gets better and better because the the blame has to go somewhere. It's like, look, these crimes keep getting committed, he keeps escaping, but. (sighs) Some of it is obviously like he is cognitively doing it, and he's antisocial. I mean, and, and the reason that came up is he is saying that he enjoyed this shit. Yeah, like the, something I shouldn't gloss over is that f- these adolescent robberies and shit—it was like an adventure to him. Like he was having a great time.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, not not so much when he gets caught, but when he gets out, just the, the free. Like you know, that's another thing is what, imagine being an eleven year old and not—you don't have the fear of being by yourself. Yeah, you love it. Like the freedom, like when I was eleven, if I was outside and it was dark and I had to walk like a mile to get home, it was scary as shit yeah, but if if you don't have that, then you're having a great fucking time just just on that, and so on top of that, he is doing like some straight fucking pirate shit, yeah. so he loves it and and he doesn't lie about it, he doesn't pull any punches, he just tells them and the, the, that's you know what pays him is antisocial it's just you got to think is that what sort of um you know s- Clinical worker, and I'm sure he sees hundreds of boys every yeah. day. Is going to sit down and say like, okay, well, like, the, here's his biography. There's some we we, you know, let's rehabilitate him because it's not like he was living a normal life and woke up and decide and went bad. Yeah, he just always was that. So it's not like it. I mean, we're talking about the fucking 1950s.
1: Well, yeah. And they didn't have a clear cut. I mean, you know, you got to think psychology is usually about it's probably it's pretty far behind what it needs to be. Um, What really works is giving a kid like that choices where you go. This is your choice. These are two choices. And I didn't make them up. This is what has to happen. You can either comply with what's going on here, and then you can get out and go to the next thing, yeah. or you don't have to at all, and then you're going to go to a place worse than where you're at right now, right? And that is going to happen, whether it's six months down the road, you leave here, whatever, but you're going to go to a worse place, or you just do this and you go to a better place. But that's up to you. This is not my shit. This is your. This is your choice. So you lay out the consequences of both, you know, things. Um, even that still doesn't really work, you know. So, but right. it's really giving them a choice. They don't understand this cuz this is 1950s. This is sure. you do what I tell you to do or I'm going to beat it out of you. Yeah. And Institutions were doing that still. Oh, you know? definitely. So uh in a way they created a monster, you know. Yeah, they but, helped create the monster. It was already being created but yeah, they helped.
0: Yeah. And and right right at this exact point when he gets sent to this other institution is where I mean one of like the one of the most perplexing things about Charles Manson to me has always been he's had several chances at parole. And has has gone to the meeting and and told them everything he could to stay in prison. Mm-hmm. He didn't want out. Um, it's it's hard to say. It. Like I, I gotta think that that just because the time that he had out, even though he had fun like doing robberies and shit, yeah. there's so much stress and turmoil and nothing good on the outside, yeah. uh, nothing good on the inside. But right here is the first thing I can see where he had a, he had an opportunity to get free. His aunt came to find him, and told, she visited with him, and she told administrators that she would let Charles stay at her house and would help him find work and, and do her best to keep him in line. Right after that news, he had a per- parole hearing scheduled for February 1952 because he could go stay with her. So yeah. that was the thing. It's like you had to have these things lined up, just like an adult prison. Uh-huh. You can't just go out into the street. you got to have an address, and then you got to go to school or get a job. Uh, so in January, right before the parole hearing, he got caught what seemed like almost intentionally raping a boy at knife point. Yeah. And they sent him to the federal reformatory at Petersburg, Virginia. And once he got there, he went as far as he could with what they call eight serious disciplinary offensive, three of them involving quote unquote homosexual acts. Yeah. So he was too wild for the federal reformatory like they obviously, I mean, he's not calming down. He's getting worse. So yeah. they got to do something with him. So he gets sent to a maximum security reformatory in Chillicothe, Ohio. That's where he stayed until he was released in November of 1955, which is on his 21st birthday. So uh-huh. think about this. He went from juvenile jail uh-huh. all the way to 21. Yeah.
1: It goes back to being institutionalized. Exactly. I mean, you're going to be a fucking animal.
0: So, you know, usually, uh,
1: the week before, um, a child is released back into the custody of a parent or an aunt or uncle. Yeah. Um, it's, it really stands like a test of time right there in that, that week. Usually, uh, three days out, you start to see a meltdown. They're freaked out by the fact that they're going to be free again. They, everybody needs some type of structure. Um, for him structure is being institutionalized. And so why not get in trouble and just stay there because he's afraid of what he might do when he get out, when he gets out. I mean, that's subconscious. That's what a lot of people do. I see that daily. So, you know, what you're doing is, he, what he's essentially doing is like making sure that he's a, he's comfortable in the situation he's in. He needs somebody to tell him what to do, yeah. when to wake up, when he should go take a shower and do all that. But once he has that freedom, he probably feels like he can't handle it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense to me. Uh, once he gets out of his 21, he makes good on it and goes to stay with his aunt and uncle in McBeach Ohio. Like she offered, uh, January, 1955. He's already getting married to a hospital waitress named Rosalie Jean Wills. Uh, can't hold together at all. Even as a married man, seems like trying to pull shit together, yep. steals a car, drives from Ohio to Los Angeles with his pregnant wife, gets arrested again for taking a stolen car across state lines, which was his first felony. Now mm. he's done the same exact thing, so he's not going to exactly get a sensitive person in the case, you would think. Uh, however, they give him a psychiatric evaluation first, and they just give him five years of probation, which, again, he's an adult now. This is what you should have done when he was a child. Yeah, This motherfucker's in his 20s. He's, he knows what he's doing, <laughs> and you're not going to, like, it's crazy. So he failed to appear at L.A. Um, hearing on an identical charge filed in Florida, which uh, resulted in his March 1956 arrest in Indianapolis. Which resulted his. Which got his probation revoked. Spent three years. Terminal Island, one of the worst prisons in America at the time. San Pedro, California. And while he was in prison, Rosalie gave birth to their son, Charles Manson Jr. First year at Terminal Island. This is the time it worked. Nine months to fucking gestate Charles Manson Jr. Uh, f- f- crazy. Like, just another step into Charles Manson Charm Road. All this shit's going on, and she is corresponding with him. She regularly comes and visits him, brings his son. Like, you know this dude is off of his fucking shit. It's not going to get better. Um, They were all living together in Los Angeles. March of 1957, she fucking gave up, and his mother (laughs) informed him Rosalie was living with another man. But just the fact that she would even be around at all. Yeah. There's just something about that guy that really reeled him in. Uh, he had another parole hearing scheduled. Two weeks before that, he fucking balked. The, I mean, this is just his MO. Uh, he tries to escape, steals another car, doesn't work out, and gets another five years probation and his parole denied. Uh-huh. Which, you know, I guess means he's going to serve out his sentence and then that's the five years on top of that these, we, these people
1: act on instinct yeah so if I'm locked up I have nothing else but my thoughts and I'm trying to work out my problems in my head in this cell or whatever but then you give somebody like that probation that I mean, they're just, they're not going to do what you want them to. I mean, right. they don't have ankle monitors. Well, know? that is like,
0: even though, even with an ankle, like that, that is the cycle. Like sometimes people get caught up in getting like, like charged with something absolutely fucking moronic. And then like, not necessarily in Charles Manson's case, but the terms of probation are, are insane. Yeah. Like it's terms that a regular person is going to, that doesn't have a ton of money is going to find almost impossible. Yeah. Uh, I listened to something very interesting about this, uh, where this dude like had had dedicated his whole life to rehabilitating people that are on probation because uh-huh. he um, went into the probation program and he was he stuck around it for like three months because yeah. he didn't know you could just pay it all at once. And Like yeah. I said, he was loaded. So like he went to the meetings uh, with the parole officer, did the drug tests, went to the community service that he was supposed to. And he said that uh, he like overheard somebody paying up on their thing and like getting absolved, like no community service, no drug test, none of that. So he was like, could I just pay for all this right now and be done with it? And they were like, yeah, yeah, if you could pay all at once. And he was like, okay, paid everything at once. And then because of his experience with that and how hard it was for him to do it when he had unlimited resources, it's like gone back and like tried to help people that like, because if you're poor, you don't have a job. And you get caught, like, you know, doing something ridiculous. Like, if you get caught with weed. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people would be like, oh, well, you, you shouldn't have weed if you're poor. Like, who's to say, stupid? Like, what what else do you have? Yeah. You know? Like, so that's fucking... It. Well, the average person breaks three laws a day without knowing that they're breaking them. Yeah, exactly. You know?
1: so, I mean, there's just too many laws, but then on top of that, everything's monopolized as far as society goes. And the thing that works is integrating things like... Uh, I might let a kid get away with some, some rules, you know, like get, yeah. breaking them. And then that way I gain their trust. Right. But then also, like, when I say no, they know I mean no. Yeah. You know,
0: so you the, you build an actual road of trust. I, yeah, you have to do you don't, that. You don't manipulate that. I can't
1: tell them, like, hey, you know, I, I get your due here, but you're going to have to do this the way it says in the book. Yeah. That's not easy for some kids. Right. You know, that's not the way it works. I mean, I had a kid the other day tell me he's leaving. I said, that's fine. I work Saturday. From three to eleven. So if you're gonna run, you make sure you do it now between now and three o'clock tomorrow. Before then, if I got to do paperwork and they pick you up, and come to jail, and I'm gonna piss you off every day I'm in jail. Or you do it after eleven o'clock on that Sunday. And so he ran off and uh, he left a note saying, uh, "Tell Mister Buddy, I'm sorry for running off, but I couldn't do it." You know, and they picked yeah. him up and and, I, and uh, you know like that kind of. But it's like. You you have to do those kind of things, and so I go see that kid, and he was like, "Man, what you said to me really stuck." You know, yeah. it's like, "Well, I hope so," because when you get out, you know, but you have to do things like that with kids that are,
0: you know. Well, one of the biggest problems I think that we face societally in every facet, especially I mean, it, it leaks over into everything. It's just the idea of having like one set standard of things. Now there yeah. is some. I'm not saying like laws, but you know, if you ever worked at like a corporation. Where you, there's a million ways to do things better than what the handbook says. Yeah. But they just want you to follow like arcade procedures because somebody wrote it down and made it a policy. Yeah. It's like I understand that you have like most everything has got to reach a mass audience. But every single person does everything differently in the entire universe. So yeah. every fucking facet of the world where like probation is what we're talking about, where it's such a finite line between getting your life together and. And then, and then that includes like get like how if you don't have a car and you don't have money and you don't have a job and you have to get a job first and foremost. So you go get a job and now you have to work so you don't have any free time. You don't have yeah. a car to get around with. Like it's just a it's a nightmare. Yeah. So it's almost like it's almost like getting set up in a trap. And if you don't think it is, then think about just this instance is what we're getting at. Well, we're, it, yeah, this is what we're getting at full circle right here is that Charles Manson, he escapes, steals a car And he just gets another five years probation tacked on. Now he has to finish the sentence. He doesn't get parole early, but it's just one year. So they know if they give him five years probation, they know what's going to happen. Yeah. They're setting him up. Setting him up for failure. Well,
1: the thing is, is you have to understand that uh, when you're a kid and you put you're put in a lot of adult situations, but your parents act like kids. So basically like you're in a lot of situations where you're the adult, but you're a kid. Yeah. You know, it's you have independence and then whenever adults actually step in and say, here's some rules, here's some here, you cannot cross this line. That's hard for people like that. That's that, that, that's
0: setting them up for failure. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and so like, and then you, you just have also on like, if the person is a bad person and it's not going to change being in the institution, they're going to learn, how to do way worse things than they would have known on the outside world. More conspicuously. Well, exactly. Because uh, 1958, Charles gets his decree of divorce from Rosalie while he's on parole. Uh, Two months later, he's out. And uh, he is now a fucking pimp. Yeah. Where do you think he learned that at? His mom? (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's good. But but definitely in jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody explain to him how you could manipulate a woman into like making you money. Yeah. So he finds it, you know, he's in his twenties. He finds a 16 year old girl. Um, and he, he gets her to recruit more girls. Uh, his main girlfriend, 16 years old, and she was rich getting money from her parents. So they're, like, paying for his place to live under the guise that they're paying for her to live. And on top of that, the men are paying to have sex with her and he's keeping the money. Yeah. I mean, you know you know what a pimp is. Yeah. But uh, it's just crazy that it's evolved into this point. Like, like what he's doing to go from robbery, as a white kid, from robbery to being a pimp, in like 60s America, uh, is, is wild. So about a year of, of, like, pimping a few underage girls, he gets arrested in September of 1959, because he was trying to cash a stolen U.S. Treasury check from a mailbox. The charge ended up being dropped by the people. No idea why, but, you know, a Treasury check is like a tax refund. Yeah. <laughs> so he just, like, it's picked, federal. It, picked you know, it out of a fucking mailbox. It's really two federal charges. Is, you yeah. Know, but, stealing
1: mail and then fucking a federal I check. I guess the
0: people dropped the charge. They got away with it. Um, and then uh, th- his next criminal trouble is that, Gets picked up for prostituting women. And the girlfriend he has, Leona, gets arrested with him at the same time. She also has a record for prostitution already. Goes before the judge. Cries in front of the lawyer. uh, Goes in front of the um, court. Cries in front of the judge. Says that she was deeply in love with Charles. She can't be left without him. And that if he gets out of going to jail right now, she will marry him if he's free. So he ends up getting just a 10 year suspended sentence and probation, Uh which that means like the suspended sentence is like, if you fuck up, you're going to jail for 10 years Yeah, at all. And again, you're on probation on top of that. So you got to not break your probation. Can't, can't go to state, can't miss a meeting. Um, you know, it ain't looking good. So Manson takes Leona and another woman to New Mexico exclusively to sell them. And that results in him being questioned for violating the Mann Act, which is uh, basically taking someone as a sex slave, not just like being a pimp, but like exploiting someone's trafficking. Exactly. Uh, And, you know, (laughs) he was basically denied it. Um, Turned on that Charles Manson kook-eye charm to get out of the... Entire ordeal. Uh, And he, being the criminal mastermind that he is, thought, hey, this seemed too easy. Yeah. I don't think that I just got away with pimping these girls across state lines like this. Something else has got to be going on. So, yeah, Uh, he gets arrested for disappearing again, violating his probation after a bench warrant got issued. And then the man Act comes back again with an indictment of a violation of it. Uh, and that was when one of the women was arrested for prostitution. So now they've got her, they're holding her, and they want the information about Manson because they've been looking at her the entire time. He got arrested in June in Laredo, Texas. They sent him back to Los Angeles. And because he violated his probation on the check cashing charge, he was ordered to serve as 10 years sentence. Man, I fucked that whole thing up. Uh, Charges didn't get dropped on the ca- check cashing charge. He got the minimum? We're out of it, dude. He got the uh, suspended sentence okay. for ten year because the prostitute girl. So he had like gotten charges for prostitution and stealing a check and she pleaded his case and he got out. So long story short, he just got zapped with that ten years that he got out of for that dicey shit. Yeah. And uh gonna be in jail for ten years. Uh, He tried to appeal the revocation of probation in July 1961. They transferred him from the L.A. County Jail to the U.S. Penitentiary of McNeil Island, Washington, which is, you know, you basically county is a holding period until you go to the federal penitentiary. Um, that's where he learned how to play guitar from this motherfucker named Barker Carpus, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, gang leader Alvin Creepy Carpus, And they. Uh, this is where Charles says that he started to learn how to rip a guitar, which uh, yeah. I implore you to take a listen to Charles Manson's music. And especially if you've got uh, the ear of a virtuoso, his guitar playing, <laughs> see where that ranks on your scale. Uh, the man charge. Ended up being dropped He did not get stuck with that Because the girl went back on You know Classic being sucked in by Charles Manson Scenario Or any type of dangerous predator Went back on what she had said Didn't get charged The man dropped But he still was uh, In jail for the rest of the 10 years In the treasury check So in 1963 um, 1966 Uh, They send his ass back to Terminal Island uh, And that's preparation for Letting him out of jail early Yeah. So you already know That boy He already got a plan (laughs) He's not going down without a fucking fight Um, By the time of his release on March 21st, 1967 This motherfucker is 32 years old He has spent like 70% of his life in prison And uh, when they're About to let him out of jail They basically call him out Like look dude how come every time you go for probation, you, you, you break the law. Yeah. And he, he just basically tells them like, this has become my home. Yeah. And in this meeting where they're trying to help him process the idea of not being a prisoner for the rest of his life, he starts begging them to please keep him in jail because that's his home. That's all he knows. He doesn't know what to do on the outside. Mm hmm. So, again, like, you want to feel empathy for that when the state tells him, like, no, dude, suck dick, get the fuck out of here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, the, look at, we know what happens with Charles. Well, he's institutionalized. He just. Right. And he, and it's just like. And this time he just takes it too far to the point where he's not getting out, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, definitely. But look at look at all the failures that have come. Yeah. That have come through his whole life. And so, I mean, now we're dealing with a 32-year-old man who is entire formative fucking adulthood. I mean, you know, I'm I'm fucking 33 or 34. <laughs> I can't I remember. 34, yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, that's two years older than Charles Manson. Um, I still don't feel like I'm like a fucking full-grown adult. I mean, really, I'm not a full-grown adult. I'm dumb yeah. as shit. Like, <laughs> like, fuck everything up all the time. Uh, but... As immature as I feel a lot of the time ima- I couldn't even imagine If I had never Like had the ability to make My own fucking like life decisions Yeah Fuck shit up Learn from fucking it up Just you know Continuously want to be Jailed And uh Yeah It's like what are you doing Like I don't I don't know enough about the law Like what do you do in that situation As the law Do you just say okay Like do, do you Do you send them to like a Mental institution
1: No because I mean You uh, funding for mental health is always pretty terrible. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, like psychopathy and, and those things, you know, these, these are all brand new things. That people are trying to figure it out at this point in time, you know. Right. The FBI still hasn't really uh, formed what a serial killer is un, until
0: a lot of the shit. So, Wait, this was like, yeah, I mean, and, and this yeah. case was what really kicked a lot of that into gear. Yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, – um, like I said before, you know, honestly, psychology is really about 100 years behind what it needs to be. Yeah. So we don't really know how to deal with a lot of these people because nobody wants to change the way they think. Right. Or their views or anything. So, um, you know, they created a monster. They helped create a monster. His mom's definitely a big part of that. You know, she definitely blurred the lines of what rules were. And yeah. And being put in a place where the people that are supposed to... uh give you rules and give you a a platform of like, this is what you're supposed to do and you're going to do it, but they're raping him. They're letting other kids rape him. They're, you know, they're just allowing the worst shit to happen so that you, they created a monster. And still to this day, I can, I can tell you the system does not fix everybody's problems. Yeah. Um, a lot of it has to do with money, man. You know, it has to do with billing. It's I, I'm going to take this kid in only because I'm going to get paid, you know? So, that's what we're looking at here at
0: the beginning stages, so um, yeah, and we picked uh yeah, I mean, that's what we're dropping off this week, like basically, you see all these fucking i mean at the, he has he's raped um he's used weapons to get what he wants, he's talked people into coming along with him, he's prostituted women out, I mean he's basically run the full gamut yeah of of terrible things that you can do mm-hmm. um and also I mean that we're not no remorse doesn't feel like he's yeah. doing things bad he all he just basically feels like he's playing a game and he's writing the code for it, so he's able to manipulate things to however he wants to yep. until he's faced with the gravity of like not being locked up, so yep. somewhere there he knows that he can't be trusted, yeah, and he doesn't want the responsibility of it every Aspect. There's five aspects of antisocial personality
1: disorder, and he fits every characteristic of it. From a t- i mean, even from the age of eleven, you know. Yes. So, but yeah, this week we we picked a ripping fucking song. We got a ripper.
0: Rip it up. We got
1: Deicide, "Lunatic of God's Creation."
0: Yeah. Unlike Charles Manson, they had a very great time. Yeah, and then went down the shit blew it
1: all away new one's all right
0: yeah new one's not
1: bad you know there's a reverse curse in that one
0: (laughs) (laughs) i take it back the new one's terrible (laughs) no thanks (laughs) uh yeah
1: well yeah that's good that's that's really it uh yo warlordclothing.com
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot the plug shit. Oh, yeah, Warlord Clothing, buy you a shirt. I fucking have got half the shits and envelopes, so just finishing that up and mailing them off. I uh, did it at my grandparents' house. That was a ton of fun. My grandma kept thinking that I was fucking putting together things to send to her mother, who has been dead since way before. Uh Uh-huh. I was born. She'd be like, well, she's going to want it put this way. Yeah. And I was like, does she want what put way? She's like, that bowl. It's like, oh, well, this is a shirt. And I'm sending it out to one of my friends. She's like, oh, well, when you send the bowl to mother. Yeah. It's like, all right, gotcha. No you just, problem. You just got to play along <laughs> no with No problem. Yeah. yeah. She's like, okay, thank you. And then she <laughs> would like, then it's like because she'll be like, I just miss my mom so much I mean dude Like again It's been It's crazy Yeah uh, But yeah So that was a ton of fun yeah. <laughs> Just trying to get my shit sorted out My grandpa had to like Go in for a uh, I'm 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 sure it's cancer But he's got like a big mass in his chest Yeah He had to get like They found it And then He gets like uh, At his age He has to go in like every four months For a checkup now Yeah He's turning 88 St. Patrick's Day Damn yeah, and so yeah, they found a mass in his chest and they went the the cat scanned it on uh Monday. I should have heard back today what it is, but yeah. So I was over there sitting with her and fucking packing shirts up. Man, so. you sure. fucking
1: with your grandpa tell him you was gay and shit and <laughs> got that shit going on. Come on, man.
0: Hey man, I have a good time. We have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have fun. Hey, uh uh the Patreon fucking promiso is just saluting all of our fucking top shelf fucking patrons, man, long time supporters that uh, are as cool as it gets, fucking Ryan Parker, Matt Mess, jumped on right when we fucking came up with Patreon, thank you guys for hanging around with us, even though we kind of fucking suck, uh, we love you, and uh, you know, we got tons of fucking supporters that have come along the way, I'm just trying to hit the fucking People who dumped in the <laughs> fucking gang of cash on us, idiots. It's, it's uh, been a wild ride, baby. We are still trudging along. Uh, you know, Bobby Henderson, fucking uh, alien invasion defense system. Heaviest mental fucking ripping blog. You should definitely follow on social media. Lacey Doyle, our homie, coming. And, you know, there's people fucking, she's traveling from outstate for a live show. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a couple other people I talked to. If they fucking follow through. I We got a real cool thing that fucking happened um, this week. I didn't even tell you about Buddy yet because I wanted to tell you on the podcast. Like a uh-huh. uh, true purveyor of content. Give me fucking one second here while I pull it up. You got anything to say, dummy? Do I got anything to say, man? Yeah, say some shit. Give me one second to pull this up.
1: Man. Yo. Yo. We really love y'all's support, man. I was Like, sometimes we just do some dub shit and y'all just love it, dude. And I don't get it, but you know, yeah, some people hate
0: it. I'm finding out, yeah. but that's uh, yeah, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck hey, yeah, that's true, you know, you know what, haters, uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, so yo, um, my man Frank Tripotti sent us $50 on PayPal, really, yeah, and uh, so, so like, the, um, that's very tight in and of itself, yeah, but uh, he said, from a first generation death metal fan. Love your guys' shit, Frank from Toronto. Now let me tell you exactly why this is so tremendous to me. Is that if you've been around listening to Death Metal for that long, and this is what I, I always assume. Like most of our fan base is, yeah. You, like I myself am not technologically very savvy, but the people like I, the, f, f, I was, you know. Older, I don't know, have no idea what this guy's age is, but I assume that people are, that are even just two years older than me have, I, I know play that. have just altogether been like, fuck technology. Yeah. I'm not getting into social media, period. Mm-hmm. Not dealing with fucking podcasts. Not getting a smartphone. All this shit is dumb. I've got albums. I know how to get them. Like, save me everything else. Yeah. And then, uh, so like, branching out and finding podcasts. And then finding us on top of that, because we asked for shit like, yo, can you give us like a five-star review on iTunes? Go to our Uh, YouTube. It's like, so many people don't fuck with that shit. So many people don't fuck with Patreon. Just even reaching out to us is fucking awesome. But like old school Metalheads is like a very cantankerous fucking crowd. So something like this is fucking heartwarming, man. Near and dear to my heart, man. A fucking ton, dude. Love that shit. Uh, And we, uh, man, yeah. That means a lot. Just... uh, Hell yeah, dude! We're getting waffle <laughs> house tonight. Yeah, dude, that is true. Um, Fucking see, we'll do part two of the old Charlie Boy next week. I feel I'm sure. I, I hope this was okay. I'm feeling real lagging. Yeah, I mean, I think. That, <laughs> yeah, we're good, dude. All right, hell, we hell got yeah, it, man. We'll see you next time, friends.